Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Give online therapy a try at betterhelp.com slash 365 and get on your way to being your best self. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether with friends, work, your significant other, or anyone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 365 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 365. BetterHelp.com. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. DJ Dozier, Dr. Michael Weatherly, at, here at uh, Radio Row. We appreciate both of you for being here. DJ, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doctor, doing well? <laughs> doing well, yes, sir. Thank you. All right, so uh, one of the things uh, about what you're talking about, collegiate athlete and serial entrepreneur, being successful after a career? Yes, sir. That's what. So we actually have a show called Decide to Dominate yep. based off DJ's book. We're on Caffeine TV, No Filter Network. It's all about exactly what you just said. So when did you know that was important? Well, what's interesting is my family has that entrepreneurial spirit. And uh, so ever since I was a kid, I, you know, I didn't know what it was, but I, I loved being creative. And eventually I realized that you, know, you could be in business uh, with a product or service. So uh, by the time I got to uh, college, what most people don't know is, before we played in our first national championship my junior year, I actually came up with a T-shirt to sell to all of my at my players. Okay. Or I'm sorry, teammates. Teammates. Um, and um, didn't make any money, but, but I tried. <laughs> but it was the thought that counts, <laughs> Absolutely. right? Absolutely. you got to start somewhere. I, like, I saw a couple of kids on a golf course the other day, and I, I, had, I can't remember. The, now I'll ask you, when was the last time you saw a couple of kids out in front of their house or on the golf course uh, with a house – Selling lemonade. So I'm going to take that one and say my kids do that on a weekly basis. I do got, they I really? got two little hustlers. That's so. all, no, that's exactly. <laughs> hustlers. I, I was, like, blown away by that. I was excited to see that. They, yeah. like, you know, gave yeah. five bucks for a couple of glasses of lemonade. Yeah, what? I have a 14 and a 12-year-old, and they both have their own businesses. So What's, uh, what's the price point? 
Lemonade's expensive these days, guys. I don't know. I'm going to say, like, I think they charge, like, $1.52. But here's the thing. Nowadays, it's a different world. Cars show up. They're like, I don't have cash. I'm like, that's okay. We take cash out. Zell, uh, Venmo. Here, here, just scan this, you know. And then they're like, oh, you're cute. Here's 20 bucks. I'm like, they'll come over like $100 sometimes. PayPal. Yeah, yeah, PayPal, whatever. Well, you know, I'm not trying to give Chick-fil-A a spot, but but my kids actually said, look. Not sponsored by Chick-fil-A at all. Dad, we want to do a stand, but we want to work through Chick-fil-A. I said, well, I don't know if you can do that. So I made a phone call. They said, yeah, we'll sell it to them. Really? Yeah. So, you know, double that price, and then you, that's why it's so expensive. My good. You, you, you were a part of a national championship, Heisman Trophy candidate, uh, and, and obviously had a tremendous career at Penn State and, and your time in the NFL with Minnesota and Detroit. What was that like back then at Penn State? It changed. College football's changed so damn dramatically. Yeah, no, big change, but um, old school. You know, I watched, um, I watched Joe Paterno throw a senior captain uh, of our football team off the plane because he was late. <laughs> and I don't know if that would happen today, but it certainly happened in that <laughs> that moment. And, yeah, because uh, the players now have so much more power. A lot of leverage. Not that you can't still do that. Yeah, that dude be in the transfer portal like a week later oh probably. My God. <laughs> By the time he hit the tarmac, yeah. <laughs> wow. And I, Penn State has won an X amount of national titles and yet probably had like three or four or five others they should have won based on the polls and stuff like that over the years. Mm. And he's a Florida State fan, mad about this past year, but Penn State oh, had undefeated God. teams that didn't win the national well, title. Was, was it because of your independent status at the time that they kind of looked you over? Well, I think maybe it was the black shoes. I don't know. Um, <laughs> the, you know, there's no doubt that back then that Penn State was an underdog, even when they were undefeated. Right. And that's, uh, you know, they, it wasn't because Paterno, as we should, used to call it, one ugly, right? It, you know, it was all defense. The offense sputtered. or you know, he, he would put all the most uh, athletic athletes on the defense to make sure that his team could keep the other team from scoring or at least scoring high. It was the black shoes too, right? It was. I think it was the black shoes. They thought I was slow coming out. <laughs> I don't think they thought that. <laughs> well. No, no. The, the, uh, what is your background of being an entrepreneur? So I got a crazy background. I was a, started as a second, third grade teacher. I mean, I played baseball in high school and football, and then I played baseball in college. But, um, I mean, I was an entrepreneur from the second I got out of college. I, was, I had a bar and restaurant. I was in healthcare. I was a teacher. And then we started this company that was an integrator between the defense department, the government, and companies that have innovative technologies and product services. I always say, like, the reason that business grew is because we donate, we donate, we tithe, so we give 10% of our revenue back to the community. And then during COVID, my wife and I packed up the kids, moved to the mountains, and then just started all these businesses. We got into the wine business, we started the sports business, we've got a nonprofit that works with veterans to grow food organically, give back to those in need, and I don't know, like I said, this is a lot of hustle and hard work at the end of the day, but got a crazy background. So when it comes to athletes, college athletes, especially knowing what the next thing is because it can't all be like dj and go to the nfl yep. and, and even the nfl needs to know this too but you you need to know it really before you go and i don't think that really happens all that much yeah. because you know they're they're not taught you know now they may be because of nil but balancing a checkbook or yep. having a budget or what to do like when the team doesn't do everything for you like all those things are not really a deal so how do you reach out and bridge that gap with them? 
Yeah, so that's great. Um, that's something we talk about on our show every Tuesday because we, you know, it's not just about like sports. We talk about like, you know, we always say athletes in the office. So the premise of DJ's book is like, what comes next? What happens after sports? You know, and so we're doing our best to educate. We're working with a lot of youth, so we get asked to come talk a lot. Some of the like FCA organizations and boys club. We just had a meeting with them last week, uh, just trying to. I mean, hey, I was going to play major league baseball too, and then I blew my knee out. You always got to have a backup plan, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just important to stress. I always say, you know, the college players are 1% from high school kids. And then to get into minor leagues, you're 1% of that. To get into major leagues, you're 1% of that. So do that math. That's not a very good percentage. you got to have a backup plan. DJ, there's a, there are very few that could play baseball and football. Dion's, Bo Jackson, we've named some of them. Some players have gone on to play baseball then couldn't, did not work out. It's hard. And then they ended up playing college football at an older age. You made the decision to play college football over baseball. Do you regret that at all? I don't regret it because it, the plan was I was going to Penn, go to Penn State to play both. Uh, the only thing Paternal asked is that I not play in my first year. So I would spend a full year playing football. And then after my sophomore year of football, then I could play baseball. Well, what happened was I ended up um, having to get my uh, left knee scoped. And so I, I wanted to focus on rehabbing. It, you know, it wasn't a bad injury or, or a bad right. uh, surgery. But um, so as a, as a result, I spent the next year, and then after my junior year of football, I decided I'd get ready for my senior year of football because the NFL was right there. So uh, the plan was to play both. It didn't work out that way. But, um, you know, obviously the dream came true when I had a chance to go back, even though it was – far-fetched an idea and my agent thought I was nuts even my dad said hey <laughs> are you sure um, because it, at that point it had been six years since I had swung and hit a, a baseball and um, I mean for me every day after that that I participated in, in baseball was an absolute gift and that's the way I looked you think at you it. even enjoyed it even more because oh, without yeah. a doubt I mean it was I, I remember the first before the first game um, I walked onto the field before anyone else was there, and I, I couldn't believe it. And uh, so from that day until the, my last, really, uh, I enjoyed every minute of it. That was with the Mets, right? That was with the Mets. And then ended up with the the the, the, the Mets that you still you're there a little bit. You weren't there, but you got a chance to taste it. Yes, I did. And um, it, you know, what's interesting is um, one of our hitting instructors with the Mets. You know, he he would teach us and tell us, "Say, look." You know, in the big leagues, you, you can't hit a curveball. Now, you know, most of us that grew up, yeah, I mean, we hit everything. You know, right. you hit a curveball, right. slider, maybe not a changeup. But so I didn't understand w- what he meant until my first at bat against Cincinnati. I get in the box, second pitch. Curve. Yeah, it, it, it dropped out <laughs> of the sky. And, and the umpire said strike. Duh. That's what, that was what was shocking. I said, wait a second. How can that be a strike? I didn't come from yeah, <laughs> up there. Yep. But, uh, you know, I experienced it. It was a great experience. Wouldn't change a thing other than playing a little longer. But uh, had a lot of fun. All right. So, two sport athletes, Bo, Dion, Brian Jordan, yep. DJ Dozier. Yep. I mean, that, that's I mean, it's pretty pretty awesome thing. One of only 27 ever to play both professionally. Yeah. I mean, that's, again, 1% of the 1%. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, so, and, I've, and I've met, I've played or played against or met each one of those guys. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we had some great conversations. And, I mean, to be in that, in that group is, um, you know, it's bragging rights to a certain degree. Oh, for sure. We've had 
guests on, uh, including Nate Boyer, who's a Green Beret, and one of he and Jake Glazer. And my last question is trying to transition athletes from what they did as yeah. a career MVP. into what is real life for the next several years. Yeah. Yeah, MVP. We know those yeah. guys. They're yeah, awesome. I saw what you have with yep. Ben first. Yep. And how important is that? Because that is a, t- I don't care who you are, it's a tough transition to go from protocol, regimen as an athlete or military into real life. Without a doubt. I, so for me, everyone's going to have a different experience. But for me, it was, it was learned because I'm highly competitive. So I, I learned how I, how, I got, how I could get better grades. And as soon as I saw it as a competitive atmosphere, everything changed for me. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the same in business. Thank you, man. Good luck. Yeah, no, Appreciate awesome. it. Uh, thanks yeah. for your time. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us on. Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you yeah. very much. Uh, this is 365 Sports back from Vegas in just a moment. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.